there's nothing called a fine balance. I mean, I can't work for six hours, take my kids out for two hours, play with my dog for half an hour, go to the gym for two hours, and 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 I can't balance everything in one day. That's just me, maybe. I'll work very hard, you know, when it's needed to. When I have time and I feel that my work is slow, I can, I'll go to the gym more often. So you ba- you balance it in in spurts. You can't balance it in a week or whatever. Some people can, you know, if you have a nine to five job, maybe you can come and balance it, maybe. But I don't think as you as you're growing in anything, if you have a math exam on Monday, the next seven days I'm going to be studying only math, and I'll forget my English and everything else. So that's what happens in life too. Whatever needs more attention, you go towards that, and then you realize, you know what? Oh God, I'm being neglecting the other part of my life, and you go back and try to fix that, and that's what life is. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 140 with Chief Internet Mogul, Avi Arya. This is Squadron Leader confirming hostiles inbound. Prepare for battle. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey there, thanks for joining in today. I'm your host, JC Preston, founder of New Inceptions. And if this is the first time you're listening in, This is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, athletes, experts, and artists to help you find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. So last night was Wednesday evening, and we actually had the opportunity to host Amplify's January Meetup, and the theme of the evening was Finding Your Strength in 2019. It was a pretty awesome event. Uh, we had a music performance by no other than the uh, founder of the Community Outreach for Financial Education and co-founder of Amplify Indie, Josh Bach, who recently has started taking his music a little bit more seriously. Uh, he's actually really, really gifted at singing. And in fact, he has a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a thing he does where he does Ice Ice Baby in Garth Brooks's voice. Next, we had the former chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts, Ken Johnson, and his soul brother, Aaron Wilson, and to talk about their new program, Straight Up Life. Uh, this is an outreach program for inner city kids here in Indy to have experiences that they wouldn't necessarily have here in the city and take them out across Indiana. And some of the things that they do in the summer looks like a summer camp for 18 to 25-year-olds. Truly awesome. And on top of that, we also had a keynote who was Clarence Walton, who's the founder of the Strength Factory. Really cool story about how he started as a physical trainer 10 years ago uh, at LA Fitness, and then eventually over a long period of time was able to start uh, his own uh, facility, and which it is today, the Strength Factory. And uh, really, really cool talk there. But uh, before Clarence closed out the evening, there was also another speaker, Derek McLean. And unfortunately, Derek couldn't be there in person, but he did send a video presentation about something that unfortunately is still a reality 
in 2019, uh, and that is cancer. And recently, his wife was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer, and he talked about what that process is like, learning about it uh, and dealing with it, and also including challenges and opportunities. And yes, there's opportunities. And one of those opportunities is, is realizing what really matters in life and to make those things priorities. And I think that's a good lead-in in today's conversation. You know, like Derek, Avi Aria is a well-respected digital marketer. And having started his career back in the 90s doing marketing for his father's hotel, he's seen it all from utilizing email as a marketing means all the way up to today where he helps large corporations utilize trending digital marketing. In fact, you could say he's the Indian version of Gary V. But here's the thing. While Gary has been known to be the hustle guy, and I'm saying that in quotes, Abby has been more about enjoying life along the way, as you'll see on his Facebook feed. In this chat, which I think you'll get a lot from, Abby and I talk about his career in digital marketing and how things have changed over the years, common mistakes that new advertisers make on social media, and how he strives to become a better version of himself. But before we get to that, I want to talk about Namecheap, and here's the thing. In business today, we all have to have websites. If you don't, even if you have a really good following on Facebook, people are not going to take you seriously in the real world. Over the years, lots of options have popped up. There's been services where you can pay a monthly fee to host a simple design website, not going to name any names, but you just pay them money, it's drag and drop, and it's practically made for you. Really simple, really easy to do, but sometimes those websites don't let you do exactly what you want them to do. And this is when you might want to opt for something like WordPress. And WordPress is, today in 2019, again, this is it's easier to work with than, than ever before. And in fact, the most recent version makes it as simple to use as platforms like Medium and LinkedIn's publishing utility. And on top of that, there are themes which have built-in templates where all you had to have to do is really just change the content to fit to your business. And you know, however, the problem is is that getting WordPress installed correctly can be somewhat of a task if you don't know what you're doing. They're one of the reasons I, I really highly recommend Namecheap is because they, they make it a really easy process. Even if you know what you're doing, it, it's easier for you, but if you have no idea what you're doing, you can actually have them help you through an easy-to-use online chat platform. And they also make it easy to buy additional security for your site by easy access to SSL certificates. It's really easy to get things in place there. And the thing about SSL certificates and, and, and security that way is just if, if you plan on selling something on your site, you're going to have to have one. So know what that is, but Namecheap makes it really easy for you to install. And also, let's not forget WhoIsGuard, which keeps random people on the web from looking up your hosting info. There are websites out there that if you dial in a certain domain, it will tell whoever's looking, oh, this is hosted by your name, your address, your town of business. If you don't want that, you need to get WhoIsGuard. So... Again, if you want an inexpensive way to register your domains or get some help with your hosting, try out Namecheap. And if you visit newinceptions.com slash Namecheap today, you'll 
get peace of mind knowing you have who is guard for your first year at no additional charge. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash namecheap. All right, just a reminder that I've archived old sessions of the show. If you want to access those classic conversations with guests like Steph Crowder of Fizzle or founder of the Order of Man, Ryan Mickler, be sure to check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com slash newinceptions. Also, don't forget to subscribe and comment on the show on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. It really helps other people find the show so they can you know, do work that matters to them. In fact, past guest and friend of the show, Dom Brightman, recently posted his own review on iTunes. Thank you, Dom. And he says, JC does amazing work with his podcast and cares about his craft. Each guest says something that you can take away and use immediately. And Dom, I really appreciate those, those kind words. And as a bit of a shout out to you, buddy, guys, be sure to check out his show at the Going North Podcast, which you can actually learn more about and his book and my interview with him on session 133. So that all said, show notes and show note extras of this conversation, which there are going to be some really good show note extras in this particular conversation, can be found at newinceptions.com slash 140. And as usual, I'll be on after the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm JC Preston, your host. Thank you for spending some time with us today. This is actually a solo edition that I'm doing with today's guest. Uh, today's guest is someone I've been really excited to have on the show. I've been trying to line him up here for, for what seems like about a year now. And uh, what's cool is that he's been ranked as one of the top 100 digital icons in India by Impact Magazine. He has spoken at all kinds of events around the world, has his own popular YouTube show, and helps companies with digital projects deliver over 18 times their revenue for over 1,000 different clients worldwide. And another fun fact is that he's a father of two girls and has six dogs. And today we're talking with no other than Avi Arya, who can be found at askaviarya.com. Avi, thanks for joining us today, man. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You know, one of the, the before we get moving on to your company, let's, let's start at the beginning. And this is something that I like to, to go into with pretty much everybody. Sure. If you started your, uh, if there was a movie about you, and let's say it was a Disney movie, what would the opening scene with you as a kid look like? With me as a kid, looked like with somebody who was given a lot of love by the by his parents, and somebody who was fearful of the future, and and was it was difficult for him to go past every week the challenges that I felt in school and growing up and all of that because I was a I was very overweight, and so that was a big challenge for me. Uh, but my parents gave me so much love mm-hmm. that that was what helped me, you know, sort of go through wherever. So the opening scene of my movie would be uh, a happy boy. Because of the love that he gets at home, but internally he's scared because he has to face the world because of the kind of weight problems he has. Yeah, I can I can identify for that for sure. Yeah, was um, you know for me my my escape was into to technology and video games and and being kind of a geek before it was cool. I can imagine that <laughs> was was entrepreneurship for you something you grew up with or did you where did you get started into that world? Uh. So I, I started working with my dad very early. Uh, so I wanted to race street cars. At the age of 18, all I wanted to do in life was to race street cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought I was doing a great job of doing that. But well, my dad didn't think so. So one day he called me to his office. He said, son, I have two options for you. A, join the family business from tomorrow morning. 
B, get out of the house. So the first thing that, uh, so the, you know, my first reaction was, screw this, I'm leaving the house. But then I went outside the room, spoke to my mother. I think better sense prevailed. And the very next morning, I found myself behind my dad's hotel reception. Mm. I learned a lot of things about my dad's hotel, reception, housekeeping, all of that. But I also learned that he's doing an excellent job of running his hotel. And uh, I wanted to be better than he is at what he does. So I could prove myself to him and the family. And uh, that's when, uh, in you know, to be able to discover, to get more guests from all over the world, to fill up the hotel better, mm-hmm. to get more high-paying guests, I discovered this new phenomena called the internet. That internet thing, we had a, there was a huge ad in the paper which said there's a new, so Satyam's computers looking for cyber cafe partners. I went to them, I showed them my restaurant, broke half the restaurant, gave them a cyber cafe because then I had unlimited access to the internet. Uh, in India, the internet was brand new, so I was learning from Yahoo and Google forums all over the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, people t- t- told me about SEO, about websites and all of that. Very expensive stuff. Nobody was doing it. We were sort of trying to create an industry right. that didn't exist. There were no SOPs, no rules. <laughs> Experimented for a year and a half, tried to do things here and there. A website finally came up, and we started doing search and all of that. Eventually, some money came in. We, I bought some 200 domains. So all of them bombed. Two of them did very well. One was t- Tourism hyphen India. The other was Cheap Air Tickets India. Two uh, of them doing very well just changed my life forever. Uh, we started getting so much business. The hotel started doing really well. And all these people who were coming in, they wanted to, they came through my website called Tourism India. They wanted to travel with us. So at that very early age in my life, I opened a full-fledged travel agency, which started doing well. And then we had an online ticketing website and I had fulfillment done by one of the largest partners in India. So within the next three years of me discovering the internet, everything in the business changed. So from being a streetcar racer to being a hotelier with my dad, then I became somebody who knew how to do various businesses on the internet. Wow. And so that's how I got into entrepreneurship. Wow, that's crazy. Um, You know, one of the things that when you brought that up is that I don't even... Email marketing really wasn't a, a thing back then. I mean, what 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 were your first? You know, we have dot coms right here in the states. What was your? Did you get? Did you use dot coms or or what was the domain ending? So there were only dot coms at that point in time. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, there were other ones like dot org and dot net, but India was more familiar and more comfortable with dot coms. Okay, I didn't remember when that actually took effect, but okay, gotcha. Oh, that's 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 amazing. So again, we're we're was. You were just getting on board when email marketing was becoming a thing? Yes. So email marketing was becoming a thing. There was no data privacy. There was no collection rules and all of that. So everybody who checked out from our business, we would send them emails. But I never sent bulk emails. I had this. I always wanted to be in front of the camera. Uh, so I always put on a camera, recorded personalized messages. So I used to do that about six, seven times a day. Although we used to get somewhere like 100 emails a day, but six, seven emails a day, I used to get in front of the camera. I used to record personalized video replies for each and every person who I thought was, you know, who had a larger query and many, when there were many logistical explanations to that. And that gave me almost a 50 to 60% conversion rate because you can imagine even today, people don't have video replies. Oh, yeah, no. So back then, doing that was giving me a huge conversion rate. However, the biggest challenge when I finished my work at eight or nine in the evening was I had hired some freelancers who would just spend all night uploading those videos 
on those really crappy internet speeds that we had at that time. <laughs> yes, yes, we're back in the day. It would take what overnight just to down a three point five MP three or something like that. Oh yeah, I, I remember yeah. that. Wow, yeah. Um, so again, this this was you you. You you started with the the helping your dad with the hotel, and then that become gets successful. And then is this at the point where you start your first business that kind of was ahead of its time, or so then so the travel business came on, then the cheap the 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 online website came on. But mm-hmm. then what happened was that the at that time new companies were born. Uh, well, some of them, one of them was called Facebook. I think the other one was called TripAdvisor. It's a very popular names, but at that point in time, people were like, what are these companies? What are they doing? These companies came to India. And I remember I spoke to TripAdvisor and they invited me to come on stage and sort of talk to audiences across uh, the region to mm-hmm. tell them, uh, you know, what I've been able to do with the internet and how it works and all of that. Uh, so the internet, just like now, cryptocurrency, it's sort of the new flavor of the season. Mm-hmm. Internet marketing was the flavor of the season. Review management, reputation management, all these new buzzwords were coming about. Social media was still brand, brand, brand new. And um, so I got onto multiple stages and I started talking to people about my story and what I'm doing. That sort of became, made me sort of uh, uh, well-known in the dig- in the internet marketing circle. It was not called digital back then. And once that started happening, I started getting offers from people saying, can you help our business? Can you do this for us? And uh, that's how I took on my first project which was uh, very famous. I think it was a Shangri-La hotel and they paid us a very decent retainer to help them. And uh, so because I was riding high on confidence, the only name I could think of was Internet Moguls. Started a company, hired four people to help me and we started on this consulting journey. And now we are almost in our 10th year and uh, we work with about, well, 700 clients in 10 countries and it's 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 been a very, very enjoyable ride. Heck of a ride, yeah, yeah. When I think of the the power of the internet, you know, kind of going back between what you said there, you know, the course there was the trip advisors and and you know other companies that came to India like that. But going back to the time, just to remind some people that are listening to the show, I mean, you're talking about like Alta Vista, you know, you'd mentioned Yahoo, ICQ, AOL Instant Messenger. Uh-huh. You know, these were you know some of the things that we used at the time that have since been replaced. And of course, there were certain websites that we used, you know, more so than Google to find everything. Um, <laughs> it's just... You it's, know, the one thing that's changed, one thing that hasn't changed, what's is that? that people, you know, is that I still find the most valuable information on forums. Forums. You know, yeah, forums and threads. You go there, there are people who are talking about minute details and how to... You know, so you can do a how-to search on YouTube. There are some good videos. There are somehow good videos, uh, good uh, search results on Google. But if I, if you know the right threads and the right forums, and you're part of them, you'll find, or even like the uh, websites like Cura, mm-hmm. uh, I find a lot of useful information happening. In, uh, still, conversations, good conversations happening in those threads and forums. One of my favorite websites, and I think I've been, I, I noticed, I was, I've already been on it for ten years, is Reddit, and that is like the, it's like it's so. I think one of the biggest complaints that I, I've heard from people that are so used to social media and working with videos and all that sort sort of things is that it's all text-based. But as you're saying, I mean, some of the, the most comical slash useful information and or just really, because everybody can text, not everybody can 
depending on where they're at, can I know that's changing, but depending on where they're at, can make a video, right? And sure. every, you know, someone can type quickly type in something or a link or something like that. But um, yeah, today, I mean, people again use it more for social media, entertainment, and, and, and shopping. And you know, another great thing that I think it does is allow for people to you know run their businesses from home if that's something that, that they'd like to do. One or some of the things that besides what has stayed the same being the forums, what are some of the things that have, you know, really stuck to you as being something that has changed quite a bit, not staying the same, but what, what has changed? So see, the thing is that, you know, today, the thing is that, uh, what I, one is, you know, Facebook ads or ads on any forum ads on LinkedIn ads on Google you know, you can have video ads on YouTube. The thing is, unfortunately, like you said, a lot of people are not either, they don't have the bandwidth in different parts of the world. They're not confident enough because I think everything that we put out on social media, everything that we do in the outer world is a direct reflection of how I'm feeling inside. Mm -hmm. Many people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going a little deeper, but I think many people, many of us, sometimes we have good days and bad days. Sometimes people have good months or good uh, years or sometimes people have bad years. And the reflection of what we're feeling inside is what happens outside. But imagine a situation where for the next 365 days, you, you had no fear. For 365 days, you felt no, there were no down days. That kind of social media, because you'll be putting out fearless, positive messages online. And I'm not talking about motivational messages. I'm saying you'll take your business out there and you'll put yourself out there and you'll say, hi, I'm Avi Arya, founder of Internet Moguls. These are the digital marketing services I give to brands. I'd love to work with you. I'll make those videos. I'll send out those videos to the right markets at the right time. I'll spend a couple of hundred dollars and somebody in Latin America will know who I am. You know, that, that could have never been possible five years back. Mm. But yet, only two to three percent people are taking advantage of that. Number one. Number two, the thing is that very websites have changed completely. They've become dynamic. They're able to, everybody knows that Amazon is one of the best websites in the world. What is holding us back from being Amazons in our small businesses? Which means why can we not read customer patterns and understand why they're exiting and accordingly have videos for them? For example, I'll give you the example of a hotel website. I feel that when you walk into a hotel, I see people coming to you and asking you, uh, can I help you? Can I show you a room? Can, say, you know, I'm here for, for a dining experience. I'm here to put a book, a banquet for my wedding. Uh, and there are different, there'll be a banquet manager who will help you for the wedding. There'll be a rooms division manager if you're there to book rooms. And there will be a general manager if you want to have other conversations. But when you go to a hotel website, which is a direct reflection of what a hotel does offline, you will find that they have a static website, maybe with some videos here and there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, figure us out yourself. Why can we not have some a pop-up on the screen of a general manager saying, hi, I'm Avi Arya. I'm the general manager of this hotel. How can I help you? And you're able to have a direct chat, not with the manager, but with somebody who's assisting him. And then when I go to the food page, or the, or the restaurant page, then I have the chef, a picture of a chef coming up with a chat option or whatever, mm -hmm. so that I'm able to have individual personalized conversations. So this format has changed. These possibilities have come in, but like in everything else in life, we all know how to go to the gym and create a good body and have a good diet and change ourselves forever. But how many people are actually doing it? So 2% of the people, they say, actually make the effort to make things happen. And I think that's what's happening on the internet too. Because, you, yeah, you definitely see a lot of people speaking the talk, but not necessarily yeah. walk on the walk. It's too much pain to take to, uh, you know, walk the talk. Right, right. 
Um, one of the things that I've noticed in in the work that you do is that you you're you're a traveler, and right now you're talking to me from Vancouver, and I know much of the work you know as we've been talking about is that you still work back do work in India. How much right. of, of of traveling is a part of what you do on a regular basis? How how have you incorporated that that lifestyle into what does that your brand is and what you do? See, so you know, uh, every year I answer this question very differently. Uh, there was a there has there are phases in my life, in the life of my business, where I feel that I should not let go of any client uh, that wants to work with me. So if a client wants to have a meeting in Dubai or London or whatever, I take the next flight. If I qualify the client, I'll take the next flight out and meet the client wherever I can. But as I'm growing older and I'm 42 and my kids are growing up and my I have six dogs who also need me. They're also my kids. So I'm wanting to travel less and still be ha- still be able to have more and more impact and influence on uh, uh, off my brand. On the clients, which means that so if I walk in with my team for a face-to-face meeting with a client, mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming, and then obviously the content that I go with and the presentation I go with, I'm assuming everything goes well. The client, I'm assuming that the client will be impressed because I'm coming with ten years of experience. We have a large army of people, and I've taken four or five of my consultants, and that's the and I handshake with them, I have coffee with them, I talk to them. That's one part. But I'm trying, I'm saying, I'm now trying to use Facebook videos to create the same impression on the client through Facebook ads so that I'm able to generate more phone calls for people coming in and saying, hey, you know what? I went through your profile. I I know you you seem to be somebody who's established in this industry for the last 10 years. Can we talk on the phone and you can consult with us? Mm. That is the future. That's what everybody is doing. And that's what I am also leaning towards. Awesome. Well, and one of the things that struck me that you, you'd mentioned is that as you're getting older, you're realizing that it's not so much about the the hustle. And I think that that's one of the things that you're going to start seeing in 2019. And a few of my, my other podcasting buddies agree with this that are in the entrepreneurial space is that you're, a lot of the names that we, that we know are going to not so much promote hustle, hustle, hustle and, and go, 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 but they're going to start focusing on people that incorporate the work that they love to do that doesn't necessarily need to be balanced per se because that's that's who you are you're doing what you love yeah. to do but what what I'm getting at is that I think that a lot of people aren't going to be promoting the grind as much for just to do the grind and it's just it's, it's you're you're giving me an example of someone else that's that's being like yeah this is important but sort of thing, <laughs> you know? I know, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I see, you know, everybody has a different take on uh, life and what they should be doing with it. I feel, and at every age it changes, every stage of your, you know, family work and everything. But what I've, what I've realized is that, um, uh, you know, there's nothing called a fine balance. I mean, I can't work for six hours, take my kids out for two hours, play with my dog for half an hour, go to the gym for two hours. And, and, and I can't balance everything in one day. That's just me, maybe. I'll work very hard you know, when it's needed to. When I have time and I feel that my work is slow, I can, I'll go to the gym more often. So mm-hmm. you, ba- you balance it in, in sports. You, right. know? you can't balance it in a week or whatever. Some people can. You know, If you have a nine-to-five job, maybe you can come and balance it. Maybe. 
But I don't think as you as you're growing in anything, if you have a math exam on Monday, the next seven days I'm going to be studying only math, and I'll forget my English and everything else. So that's what happens in life too. Whatever needs more attention, you go towards that, and then you realize, you know what? Oh God, I've been neglecting the other part of my life, and you go back and try to fix that, and that's what life is. But I think that this notion of a hundred percent balanced life is being oversold. However, the only way that I know that you can sort of balance everything else and still call it a beautiful day at the end of the day is if you're able to get up at 5 a.m. The 5 a.m. club that Robin Sharma talks about. Mm-hmm. I try to do it just every Wednesday. I can't do it every day. But the days that I get up at five in the morning, I've done my gym before the kids get up. I've done my reading. I've done my planning for the day. I don't. Those days, I don't think I need to work till nine o'clock in the evening because there's just so much I'm already ready with. I take the notes to the office. I know who to talk to, what instructions to give, which clients to call, and I'm I'm on I'm on the move. Go go go! And by four o'clock, I'm not only tired. I'm looking forward to going home, and I've done I've achieved much more. So if somebody is looking to lead a balanced life, they have to change everything. And I've and and try to start with the five a.m. club Wednesday. I call it the five a.m. Wednesday club. I get up in the morning. I take a couple of my friends and colleagues and some clients or whatever. It could be anywhere from two to seven people who join in. I get up in the morning, go for a walk at five o'clock. I'm at the park. I'm I'm walking. You know, I'm doing about a ten fifteen kilometer walk at five mm-hmm. o'clock, and it's great, great, great fun. Mm, awesome. Um, yeah, one of the 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 people that I know that you follow because you've had pictures of him, uh, and someone that's very into. He's leaning more into the the, the work life balance thing. Is believe it or not, is Gary. Gary V. And, you know, when I think of one of the books that he actually wrote not too long ago was, uh, what was it? Jab, 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 right hook. Right. You know, you know, one of the things that he talks about in that book is making people, you have to realize as an advertiser that people use social media as social media not as a place like TV to get spammed with a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And and as you're as we're going here in a 2019 and people are kind of filtering out even more so than they have in the past and I feel it's been a couple of years like this they're they're filtering they they ha- they want certain things in their life again talking about you know working out and and having these different schedules that they're not giving any time <laughs> to these straight up advertising messages. And I'm kind of curious. I mean, this is, and this is kind of a little bit tangential, but is when you're talking to to people that lifestyle is their main thing for going on social media, what mistakes that do you see that, that advertisers, Facebook marketers, whatever you want to call them do that they need to stop doing that right away. <laughs> See, the thing is that, you know, Facebook, uh, I feel that most people don't have personalized messages. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, I understand that I'm on Facebook for uh, social time. Uh, but at the same time, that if you show me good content, you show me what's what I need. Facebook is telling you what I need. I'm telling Facebook what I need. You as an advertiser know exactly what I need. But tailor make it. Like, for example, the other day I was talking to somebody who started a public speaking business. Uh, you know, they, they coach people to become better public speakers. Mm-hmm. So then I said, you know, and so I said, instead of giving ads on public speaking, that we are the best public speaking agency in the country. Instead of doing that, you say, what does 
public what all who which all people do you help you will help people who are going to school and maybe want to give better presentations you're going to people who are looking for a job they're very skilled but they don't know how to talk in an interview you're giving maybe some public speaking or public speaking confidence to somebody who wants to ask a girl out you want to give a public speaking training to maybe new speakers who want to become professional speakers so you have four or five different types of public speaking services create a separate ad for each and every person make it so specific so that when the ad pops up it says hi abhi you're a public speaker would you like to earn so if i'm earning an x, x amount of, i've been public speaking professionally and getting paid for it for the last 2 years and 2 months i want to obviously take my game to the next level so when if if i get a ad i'm on facebook and i'm talking to my friend or i'm watching a video that i want to and i get an ad saying here's how four people in my company in in my in my client list uh, went from x to 4x as a public speaker and then you start your video i will definitely want to see it because it's for me Right. Similarly, if you make a one thing for a UBC to uh, for a university student, and you tell the student that you know, uh, last year of college, getting into a job, uh, nervous about interviews, we help you in third. So if you make it relevant, uh, people will watch those ads. So I think ads are not very relevant; they're very generic. It's like a Coca, even Coca Cola today. If you see, you know, the Coke has uh, uh, it says buddy, it says mom, it has prints on it because they 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 they're saying Coke. Nothing can be for everyone. it has to be personalized so i think the it takes it takes uh uh empathy and it takes time and it takes patience to drill down a niche and then go further and then find a sub niche mm-hmm. and they find now i've got six seven niches in my business i'm going to create an ad for everyone it's going to be a different creative it's going to be a different landing page it's going to be a different social media uh, picture but it's like just too much hard work let's just do one ad let it flop and let me just blame the world for not working I think that's what all of us do. <laughs> I love that. That that's so cool. Um one of the things that we kind of alluded to earlier in the conversation was uh having chat boxes pop up on websites. And uh-huh. one of the things that that is becoming big and has been for the last I would say year is is uh chatbots on 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 Facebook. Right. And you know, this is this is kind of a something and really what you're talking to is that you can go to mini chat right and based on where you hashtag people or tag people into different categories and you you'll have these different messages sent right. to them and it becomes a huge what if you know sort of situation and is it, it you can get really deep really quick with with that um that's just something that's really just now coming up and i would imagine that this is something that you've heard of quite a bit but i'm also because you just mentioned that you you know you're going to all these different conferences and speaking and getting to know people all around the world are there any other you know sort of things that entrepreneurs need to be thinking more about and I, you know for example again ai something that elon musk is like completely scared of um right. and we again earlier we talked about crypto you know is crypto something that entrepreneurs need to really be paying attention to because you have all these big banks that are actually making dashboards for this stuff. I mean, is there is there something that you know of that yeah. everybody needs to know more about? So you know what when it comes to crypto, I'll be very honest, I'm a novice. I'm trying to learn. I've been I thought I'll do a uh, you know, I'll catch up and do a small workshop over the holidays, but I didn't find the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So crypto, I'm not an expert. I'm no I don't think I can comment on what crypto is doing because I don't know much about it. but when it comes to artificial intelligence i think everybody else including me is also 
uh, scared of it. And I say scared because you know you're all fear is always of the unknown, and because it's unknown to all of us of what are the possibilities and potential uh, future with it. Uh, that's why we are scared, uh, and uh, because you know I'm, some people are scared to take away jobs. Obviously, it'll become it will make things more efficient. You will definitely need less human beings. But the, so, if you're a business owner, uh, a chatbot is artificial intelligence. If you're a business owner, people are you know there are robotic phone calls that are happening. That is you know so if you're a business owner and you feel that you need to leverage technology to save fixed manpower. That artificial intelligence is working in your favor, but at the same time, one day artificial intelligence will also want to replace us, and us. In, so, but we have to keep on thinking: what is it that I can do? So, one school of thought that I have had in my head, and I'm still toying with those thoughts, is that uh, as as me, as I'm, I'm running an agency, we're you know we're um, you know more than 150 plus people in the office. What is going to happen to all my project managers? What is going to happen to all my social media managers? Today, they consult with clients. They do Facebook ads. They do Google ads. They do about 340 average tasks for a client, from sending the email to doing a creative to changing the creative. There are an average 340 tasks that a project manager does for a client. Now, are all of those can all of those tasks be automated? Pretty much. When will they be automated? I don't know. But what about the consulting part to understand what, because the client's dynamics are so different. Every client wants a different outcome from his uh, 340 tasks. So maybe the consulting role will come back in. The human brain will understand and say, I'll put in, I'll put in automated artificial intelligence to run these programs for you. So I feel that we will have the human brain will, uh, will, will continue to evolve and be able to look at things from a 360 angle and say, I will be able to plug in humans here, artificial intelligence here, and see what to plug in where. That would be the second step. And the third step would be, you know, when you've seen some of the movies that I've seen, is which says that, you know, third step will be that the human will, un- the artificial intelligence will understand the artificial intelligence and computers will run computers. I think we're about 20, 30, 40 years away from that. So I'm not really worried about that. Really, really? Because I've heard it as, as few as like five or six years. Like, you would be surprised at how much is going to be changing within the next like presidency here and and whatever. So, yeah, I, th- there's a definitely a different span. And I think as what was it they were talking about? You know, they've been talking about uh, 2030. I think as being right. like the what is it the the technological not breakthrough, but it's like when it's slated as being when you can start uploading people's minds to the internet. I know, but it's, it, it is so like, you know, like in the olden times, they said, even, I mean, when I say olden times, it's, it's, it started with all of those things saying that, you know, if you meditate, or if you, you know, all of those yogic activities, you could enhance the brain and you could, you know, sort of access the supercomputer. Somebody called it God or whatever. And today we're saying we can access the supercomputer and upload the mind and do all of that. Earlier on, things, you used your mind to do the same thing that today technology is allowing you to do. So the possibilities were always there. The only thing is we don't have to work hard enough any, uh, anymore. We'll just be able to do it. Uh, when will that happen? How will that happen? I know it's already happening, but you know, I, I guess you know you, you look at the future, but you still live one day at a time. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, okay, so going back to some of the things that you're currently doing right now on on the web. 
and specifically on Facebook, is that you are making yourself, like you said, more personable, not necessarily just posting like, you know, some of these things that uh, for the longest time on Instagram seemed like a, a huge thing was just take a quote, you know, fancy it up and throw it on and, and make your brand about that. And I think that's been way overplayed. Right. A- and so you tend to do a lot of um, kind of, I would almost call them mini journals. Maybe a little bit, kind of like going what you're, whatever you're going through, you just kind of like spin something off of that real quick and you just, you know, throw it up there. And uh, one of the posts that you made uh, recently was that you were talking about the secret to being happy is to just do what actually makes you happy. What do you think is the secret to finding fulfillment and what we're, what we do as creatives? See, I think it's, uh, um, in my opinion, it's like I said, every year you ask somebody that question, the answer might change. For me, Obviously, I get the most happiness from being around my family. Mm-hmm. But I also, as an individual, as a human being, as an entrepreneur, find happiness in going to work, managing people, getting responses from them, telling them, them telling me that we won a client or we got a new resource in the office, somebody who's doing very well. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, you also want that public and social recognition. Everybody wants it. And so uh, I want that part too. I want to spend 10, 12, 14 hours in the office going and speaking at conferences. I want a thousand people clapping at what, what I said. I want that recognition. I want that love. When I come back, people want to take selfies. Some people want an autograph. Some people say, you know, this is uh, this post of yours or this podcast of yours changed my life. You want all of that at the same time that sometimes takes away from your family life because you're traveling for a couple of weeks, you're on the road, you're speaking on stages. When you come back, you're like, you know, oh my God, I, I, I missed something at my daughter's school and you feel guilty about it. So I don't know if there's a perfect life. I'm now trying to say, find happiness in whatever I'm doing. I make a conscious decision before I go to get onto the road, before I accept speaking invitations, because I know that's going to take time away from the family. But when once I've made that decision, I try not to think about all the guilt that is, you know, that mm. is, that comes with it because otherwise you can never be happy. You know, when I'm at home, I'll be like, you know, I should have been working more. Maybe I should have written a book and all that. When I'm there, I'm thinking about this. So it's about controlling your mind. The world, I cannot live on the timeline set by the world. By the age of 40, I should have had this. 50, I should have had this. 60, I should have had this. Eventually, somebody, somebody very famous, I don't want to name him. I'm sure all of you know him. He's one of the largest, largest, largest TV and uh, film and uh, social media guys in the world. But I went to meet, I was lucky enough to meet him in his office and I was sitting with him. And in three minutes down our conversation, he told me, how old is your daughter? I said, she's 13. He said, yeah, well, you know, you, you got five summers with her. And after that, she's going to be off. And that was like, wow, just five summers. So I immediately started changing my life towards what I want to do more then. Now, you might say that I know for a fact that in the last two years, a lot of, I've lost a lot of speaking engagements to other people because I was traveling and I was not being able to be in those parts of the world. And so somebody else's brand will go up. I'm, I'm, I'm like most human beings. I do want to dominate the space that I've spent 10 years in. But when somebody else comes and gets the position that I wanted, I feel bad. I feel I should have worked harder. I should have gotten that position. But at what cost? At the cost of my family? I don't think so. 
So, you know, I think finding happiness is a constant activity. You can't press one button and say, oh, I found it. It's an everyday process. So, mm. so I, I, I'm trying to tell people in my office, in my family and myself, my own mind, that don't beat yourself up on things again and again. Whatever has happened, has happened. Try not to do it again. If it happens again, try not to do it the third time. If it happens again, talk to somebody in your family, say, yeah, I'm doing, there's a repeated pattern. Get me out of it. But don't beat yourself up. Don't say, mm. you know what, you you know, because the thing is, when we beat ourselves up, that's when we never find happiness. Outside, right. it is not seeing anything. Half the people don't care. The rest of them don't have the guts to speak to you. Maybe one half a percent of the whole world, who, or not the whole world, half a percent of the people in your family who will come to you and tell you if you're doing something wrong. Just listen to them. Everything else is just fine. It's a short life anyways. Why are we trying to figure it out? And this right. is the more to myself than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And again, going back to what you're saying is that so many people, and this was another post that you recently put up, people have this tendency of worrying and causing themselves anxiety. And this is just something that through the ages, it helped us survive, right? right. That it's no longer needed. And it's just, don't dwell in negative. Don't, don't look for things that are wrong with the situation. Because we now are in a time where we can look and things that are positive about a situation. Yes. Also, the thing is that I feel that sometimes you do need to scratch an itch and you know it's a wound, but you still want to scratch it. You want to go back and think negative. You know, you want to you want to regret things that happened in the past. All of these things that they say you shouldn't do, I know the human mind wants to do it. We want to dwell in the past. We want to think negative. But I'm saying give yourself 10 minutes a day. Think of everything that wrong that you want to. And then forget about it. You know, <laughs> give 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 negativity some time as well. Say, you know what? Here, this is the time. Got it. But at the at the same time, have that have that overarching feeling in your head that this conversation that I'm having with myself about fear, jealousy, whatever thoughts that I have in my head is all false. But I had that. I gave it that acknowledgement because I feel if I don't acknowledge all of those feelings, they're going to be there throughout. Acknowledge yeah. them, give them 10 minutes and then move on. And the rest of the day, you can do whatever else you want. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and there's a lot to be said about, you know, uh, appreciating things that you do have. But if you do, if you, if you don't deal with those negative issues, then <laughs> yeah, you're because, you know, I'm realizing, like I said, you know, I'm, you, you're, you, you're obviously a great interviewer because you're, you allow the person who is being interviewed to go deeper into their own minds and give you things that they're thinking about. So this is exactly what I'm doing. I don't think uh, there can be any human being ever without negativity. That's mm. part of us. Let's accept it and say, you know what? Okay, fine. This is part of me. I'm trying to work on it. That's fine. And right. so once I think once you see it and when, once you start staring it back in the face, it doesn't come back as often. Mm. Mm. Well, one of your positive times that you actually had in your conferences way way back in fall, right? is that you actually had the, the opportunity to talk with the, uh, you, you know, we talked about the fact that early on in your life, you wanted to be a, a, a street racer mm-hmm. and that you had the opportunity to talk to one of your favorite race car drivers. And you asked him, you know, how he overcome his nerves. And he replied, he reminded himself what he's doing for everybody is for everybody, not just himself. So many right. people depend on how, you know, he performs and, you know, that extreme sense of responsibility is what helps him get his, his stuff together and his thoughts in place and allows him to do his best. 
And what you added in that specific post is something we often hear, you know, to just do our best. And I think this is related to what we're, we're talking about. And, you know, many of us really failed to even try to stay determined or disciplined long enough to reach anywhere close to our true potential. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how, do you, how have you continued to stay to be your best version of yourself? So, A, I don't think I'm the best version of myself yet or anywhere close. But the thing is, I do continuously strive to become better. The two things that have completely transformed my life here is, A, I keep a diary. I've kept a diary for a long time. But now I keep a diary and I talk about everything that I'm doing in the week. And I'm telling you that diary serves as a mirror. It makes you feel bad when you haven't done those things you've written and makes you feel amazing when you've accomplished some of those things. But it keeps you on track. That's uh, number one. Number two is that sometimes I swallow, uh, I sort of bite off more than I can swallow. And then, you know, because I've bitten off so much work or if I've taken a project, it I automatically have to better myself to be able to deliver. So I like to do that because I know that I have, like many human beings, I have the tendency to slack and not be as consistent if I don't have that pressure on me. So I automatically take on more work and more pressure so that I have no choice but to like, for example, if I feel that I need to work more, I will start taking on assignments and giving meetings and podcast appointments on, uh, or you know, in-person meetings with my clients on Saturdays. And that allows me to work on Saturdays because I've already booked those appointments. So when I'm planning my next week, I do this ritual that I learned from Robin Sharma. I do this ritual religiously and my, I make sure everybody in our company does it as well. On Friday evening, we plan our next week. And when I'm planning my next week, sometimes I'm ruthless with myself. And then on a Monday morning or a Tuesday afternoon or a Wednesday night or a Friday morning, I'm kicking myself saying, why did I do this? I wish I had you know, booked in some uh, free time. But uh, then comes next Friday and I do that to myself again. <laughs> do, you use, do you use that same kind of uh, motivation to help you get hyped up to do your, your YouTube or Facebook Live things? Because you've got thousands of people following you. I mean... How you know, do you get psyched for those? I, you know, like I said, sometimes we have good days and sometimes we have bad days. During bad days, it's difficult to do those YouTube videos. But the thing is, so very honestly, what I do is that I don't keep it to chance. I don't keep that to chance. Leave that to chance. So what I do is on a, on every Saturday, I sit with my team and we shoot out, uh, we sort of plan videos for the next 10 to 15 days. So even if I'm not feeling very good, there are some videos coming in every day, which will make sure others are feeling good. That's number one. Number two, what I do is that during, uh, you know, so in an agency world, when we're doing digital marketing, like the work that I'm doing, we win clients, we lose clients. We have clients who are unhappy with us, very unhappy with us. And then there are clients who are giving us awards in different parts of the world. So Mm -hmm. you're always thinking, you're always trying to understand who are you? Are you a good digital marketer? Are you a good agency? Do you have a good team or not? So between all of that, you have very overwhelming emotions about yourself and your company. Am I doing well? Can I do better? So there are many philosophical thoughts which are coming in your head and there are many business tips that are coming in your head which is teaching you. And once I get overwhelmed, once I get full to the brim with one of those feelings, that's when I immediately say, you know, let's put on the video and make a video because I'm pretty certain other people are feeling the same way. And even if they're not, I don't go to the analytics to find out, um, you know, what is most trending, what should I make a video on mental health, should I make a video on the Canucks game in Canada. I make a video on what I feel is connecting with more people with me in my heart, and I'm and I'm hoping that people who are like me 
will or going through the same situation as i am on a monday morning or a friday night or the end of a good quarter or the end of a the worst quarter ever uh, <laughs> and i'm sure they will find a resonance with with at least 500 people out of the 2000 who'll watch the video and that's fine because you know uh, i've traveled to different parts of the world and to speak to 3 400 people uh, uh, in an audience and here my message is going to at least 2000 people with every video that's huge That is, that's, and it's just amazing what you can, you know, you, in this, in what we're doing right here, it's just you and I talking, but it's going to go out to so many different people. And it's just, when you think about it, it's like, oh, wow, you know, sort of thing. It uh, is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as we're going into 2019, I mean, what, we've already talked about that you're excited to spend more, more time, or at least try to attempt to yeah. spend more time with the family. But what else are you looking forward to in 2019? So I'm writing. I'm writing. Uh, I'm hoping to finish two more books this year, and mm. um, uh, forming a community of digital marketers around the world, because we find ourselves being in the same boat, uh, uh, but yet alone. Sometimes, uh, you know, how to raise funds, how to hire the right people, uh, what what clients to work with, which are the clients who are going to run away with my money. Have you had the similar experience? Can you help me, whatever? So I find digital marketers very isolated. So we formed an alliance of uh, digital marketers in different parts of the world. We're coming together with an announcement very soon, and this this club is what I'm very excited about. It took me a few months to bring the right people together, and now all of us are together in equal capacity, and we're hoping to bring about major change through conferences and all of that in the next coming months. Mm. Mm. That's, so that's what's keeping me excited as well. And that I'm hitting the gym very hard nowadays, so I'm excited to completely transform my body very soon. Yeah. <laughs> have your have your body as a reflection of of who you are, right? Exactly, absolutely. So as we're wrapping up the conversation, always ask the rapid fire questions, and the first one that I have for you is: What are three of your favorite books that you often gift or tell others about? So recently, we had a Vancouver Moguls meetup in Vancouver, where uh, you know members of the community came in and we went for dinner. So I always have those three books with me. One of them is the latest book by Gary Vee, which is Crushing It. The other one is Eckhart Tolle, uh, his uh, book called The New Earth. I think it's a game changer for every. It's you know there every this word game changer is often used uh, loosely, but The New Earth is a huge game changer. You read the book and you'll not be the same person again. I promise. I guarantee it. And the third one is the newest book by Robin Sharma called "The Five A.M. Club" on how things completely change when you're up and about, and uh, you have your you have more me time before the world uh, wakes up and demands your time. So these three books are right now. I always have a few copies with me so that whenever I meet people, I feel you know that's the best way to change somebody's life by giving them these books. So I always always have uh, my bag with me, and those bags always has about two sets. Wrap it up in an internet mogul's cover, personalized message. Always have books with me all the time. That's so I love that. That's a that's a great habit to have. Um, generally speaking, though, as you've traveled around the world, what's your uh, favorite social custom? Uh, my favorite social custom is uh, when people invite you uh, into their homes, and uh, you know the whole family is waiting for you, and uh, not waiting for me because I'm doing social media, or whatever. But anybody who invites you into your uh, into your Personal space, uh, and that is uh, an activity across cultures. 
Some people are reserved, some are not, but across cultures, people like to do that. That is something which I feel very privileged and honors, honored, and I feel that that is what hum- makes human beings remain human beings because we are inviting more people. You know, uh, we're inviting people into our homes because as the world is changing, we're like, you know, I'll meet you at the bar or I'll meet you at the pub. You know, there's too much hassle to work at home and all of that. So we meet outside. We don't really get to understand each other as human beings, as families, as cultures. But when you go to somebody's house, I think that's the best. Mm, That's cool. Uh, What is one thing you believe all high school students must know? I think all high school students have to, they must meditate in the morning. And meditation doesn't mean closing your uh, eyes and having no thoughts. There are different forms of meditation. But Mm -hmm. at least uh, and maintaining a diary, having a goal for the day, having a goal for the month, having a goal for the next five years. Because high school students immediately leave high school and get into university and then they get into the real world and they're like, what hit me? First few years, only the top people do well. Even though those guys who are doing well, they seem to be lost and they're trying to navigate life. So I think at high school, we don't teach people how to navigate life. I think there has to be at least half an hour when they sort of self-introspect, understand, are they being bullied? Are they bullying somebody else? Are they hurting somebody's feelings? Because once these things get cemented, and they, they stop thinking about it. They bury it somewhere deep inside. Then there's a layer of cement on top. And then those feelings seldom come out. And then they go out into this into the new world as those you know uh, human beings who have not really spoken to themselves or seen the mirror. So I think half an hour of self-reflection, meditation, whatever you may call it, is absolutely necessary in, uh, in schools today. That's awesome. We've been talking about the fact that you travel a heck of a lot or had in the past. Right. What, do you, what, what kind of, what's one tip that you have for people that are thinking about traveling? Uh, well, the thing is that, uh, you know, so depending on the kind of uh, travel that you're doing, you know, transatlantic or transpacific or, you know, with, within the same continent or whatever, uh, I like to, so, you know, you should know where you, I like to travel. I used to like to travel at night and stay in the hotel. So the next morning I get up fresh and wherever I am. But now I don't. I like to spend as much time at home, so I will take the early morning flight and land up uh, 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 wherever I have to land up. So uh, that works for me. I like to uh, think that uh, you know the only way that you can live a constantly traveling life is to be able to exercise. You cannot think that when I stop traveling, I exercise, or my routine goes for a toss because I travel you can still develop a 25-30 minute routine and do it in your hotel room or wherever you are. The minute you stop exercising, that's when travel takes a toll on you. Mm. And the final question is, how can someone be a difference maker in their community? So I think, you know, all of us, all of us, I can tell you a very funny story that I told you, I, you know, in school, I, 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 grew, I grew up in school uh, extremely overweight. And uh, eventually, in the school yearbook, I had a mention of my name and some science, I was a commerce graduate, some science students, you know, maybe that sometime they got into a fight and maybe the large man that I was, I tried to, you know, break up the fight and I helped some of these guys being from getting bullied. And mm-hmm. I don't know when that had happened, but in the school yearbook, it said, Avi Arya, demolition man. And, that's, and I went to the guy and said, demolition man, he said, you know what, you helped us and whatever. So everybody is making an impact in the community, you know it or not. If you're slightly more conscious, even if you're able to make a change in, in two people's lives, through a podcast, through a conversation, through just looking at someone and saying, how are you? And waiting for five minutes for them to complete. Because most of the time when you say, how are you to somebody, people say, I'm good. 
But when you give them more time, they'll tell you what they're going through and all of that. And you made an impact in that one person's life. So it's it's the simplest thing to do. Just be yourself and you are making an impact. You know, the thing, mm-hmm. the, the problem is that today people feel that if I am not Gary Vee, if I am not somebody who's making an impact on millions of people, I'm doing nothing, which is completely false. You are making an impression just being who you are to a, a few people automatically. So once you raise the level of awareness and know that you're being noticed for what you do, and you and that and that makes you not more fake, but makes you more genuine. You'll make you know your your level of impact sort of multiplies. Mm. Awesome. Well, definitely some some words of uh, of of wisdom here, man. A lot of good stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I spent some time. Uh, your website is again askavaria.com. Where can people find you on the socials? So the same. My Instagram handle is the same. Uh, askavaria. And I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram now, trying to grow that grow that account and grow that engagement. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the whole world is. It's a lot of fun over there. That's where I am. Ask Aviaria. Ask Aviaria. Love it. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today again. And uh, it was a pleasure. Same here. All right. There you guys have it. You know, I have to admit, this is actually the second conversation that I had with Avi. Uh, Harrison and I had the attempted to chat with him previously, but the connection over the Pacific was was giving us huge issues. And the conversation, it was excellent, but it was choppy, and I wanted to go with it, and but I just I decided against that and re-recorded it, and this was the result. I hope it does give you though a bit of perspective and and helps you appreciate your wins along the way. And if you're looking for it. I hope it also gives you a permission to relax, you know, to take time off from your daily activities to rethink and retool. Because if you're go, go, go all the time in one aspect of your life, there's a good chance you're actually falling behind in something else. And in the show note extras of this session, I have a few videos of Abby giving good advice and interacting with some of the leaders of the online marketing industry. In the first video, he's talking about how fear plays a role in everyone's life and Truth is, from people you know every day to people you truly respect, everybody has fears. But the main difference is that those that we respect are people who have learned to use fear as a way to point them in the right direction. They've learned to fight it and emerge a winner. Also, during the session, I've referenced Gary Vee a couple of times, and there's a reason for that, believe it or not. Gary has had a huge impact on what Abby has been doing recently to market not only himself, but his brand. So in the second video, we get to see and hear more about the time that he actually had the opportunity to meet Gary in New York, in his office. That said, the third video is one that I think you'll recognize the format of. While at the Social Media Marketing World Conference this past year, Abby had a videographer follow him around as he engaged with people at the event. Just like in Gary's Daily V, there's some really good pointers that you're going to hear in these little discussions. And finally, speaking of social media marketing world, I have a video where Avi interviews its founder, Michael Stelzner. And Michael, you know, he's been an inspiration, connector, and leader for players in today's digital marketing industry for a long while. I remember Pat Flynn, back when he started, he was following Michael and what he was doing. So I'm sure that's going to be another chat that you know, Abby was enthusiastic about having, but I know if you check that conversation out, you're going to get a ton of pointers as well. 
And if you like what you see from these extras, he has over 100 videos on his YouTube channel, including day two and day three of his visit to social media marketing world. Again, done in the daily V format. So yeah, I'll be sure to link his channel in the show notes. So with that said, guys, that's it for session 140. Don't forget, if you're looking to start your own website or want a new host for your existing site, check out Namecheap. They make all the hard parts about hosting on your own easy, and their support is just simply awesome. Visit newinceptions.com slash Namecheap and get started today for as low as a little under three bucks a month. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. Always great to have you along for the ride. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at newinceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.